It's always soccer in Philadelphia on a Friday afternoon, and we actually will have Philadelphia soccer to talk about. It feels like it's been forever, two weeks exactly, and then we got another two weeks after tomorrow's game. Uh, Kevin Kincaid joining you today. Dave will be back uh, next week, and we'll break down the Columbus game. But for now, we have a special guest joining us on the Soccer Podcast, Mr. Dave Sheldon uh, from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, a radio host up there. Dave, how are you, man? Thanks for jumping on. Doing well, Kevin. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. And thank you for having me on your show a couple of times. Um, I always enjoy talking to Eagles and Sixers with you. And to explain to the listeners why I have Dave on tonight, I wanted to do something kind of different. Um, Dave runs a show, uh, does a show, as he's a radio host, uh, in Vancouver, in Canada, and as everybody well knows in Philadelphia, uh, we can't get any kind of soccer talk on the radio here, uh, nor do you hear much about basketball or ice hockey or uh, the Phillies or anything that doesn't have to do with the Eagles. And it's not so bad because the Eagles are Super Bowl champions, uh, and so you like to hear about that as much as possible. But I wanted to have Dave on to talk a little bit about uh, how they do things at his radio station, how they do things in Canada in general, and give you a perspective, uh, a non-Philadelphia perspective. So Dave... Uh, you know, if you listen to sports radio in Philadelphia, it's one team all the time. Not a lot of difference. You can't get anything about soccer, or ice hockey, or anything on there. So, tell me a little bit about how you guys do things up there and what your uh, what your philosophy is at six fifty. Well, Sportsnet six fifty uh, was was actually it's that the, the, the Sportsnet itself in Canada has been around for about twenty years, but Sportsnet six fifty has been around for a year only. And the reason why they came to being is because they. They bid and won the rights to the Vancouver Canucks radio contract. So as much as you're all Eagles fans down there, uh, it's, it, this is Canuck country. It's Vancouver Canucks country. So we are the home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650. So as you can imagine, we're deep in the heart of the season right now. But the Canucks, you know, they've not been a, a great team for the last couple of years. But people still care and are passionate about the hockey. But at the same time, uh, there's a lot of savvy people up here that love to talk about sports. That's why I have you on talk about the Phillies and the Sixers or, or the Union. And, you know, you have a number of different topics that you can talk about. So what we try and do on our station is we try and make sure we have a balance of what's going on. So uh, as much as we might want to talk about the Canucks or whatever the case might be, how do you talk about a team right now that is second from the bottom in the National Hockey League hasn't scored a goal in three games? Well, you, you can't. So... You make a point of saying to yourself, <laughs> what else are people interested in? While soccer is very grassroots here uh, in the lower mainland in the Vancouver area, uh, as is, uh, you know, we, we love the National Football League. The Seahawks are just two hours south of where we are, as, as are the Mariners. And we get a lot of our feats from Toronto, which is uh, the, the media capital of Canada. So we see a lot of Raptors. We see a lot of Blue Jays. Uh, we see a lot of, uh, of different sports out that way as well. So we make sure that we try and balance as much of our coverage as possible to give people a maximum exposure because you know what you can't just please one part of the crowd you got to please everybody so if we can have that conversation on a regular basis that's what we try and do yeah see it's interesting to me another thing that you guys do is that you have a lot of guests on the show all the time i was even just like looking at a tweet that you guys put out last night i, I want to say you had like five or six guests uh, on a four-hour show and in a philadelphia show you might get one or two uh, over the course of four or five hours. So so what's the idea um, with lining up a bunch of guests? And do you guys take listener phone calls at all? Oh, yeah. No, we, we have open line radio as much as we can, and, and we, we want to in, in, increase what we're doing there as far as that's concerned. We tell people that they drive the bus, so if there's something they want to talk about, uh, we encourage them to give us a call in. And we ask them to not to – I always have this saying on our station, I don't want to have a listener call me up with a red flag. Anyone can call up and complain, Kevin, about what is or what isn't with your team. Yeah, Provide yeah. me a solution. Prov 
provide me a rational solution. Don't tell me that you're going to trade for so-and-so and, and solve all your ills. You know what? It's not that easy. Give us a solution to what the problem is. It's a rational solution. But to get back to your first point, I run a one-man show for four hours. There's a lot of our station. We have two-man shows for three three hours. But a one-man show for four hours, it's it's not that you can't do it, but it's a lot easier to do it when you have a lot of quality guests. So when we bring people on, we bring people on not for an interview but for a conversation. Every time I've had you on the program, I have no clue what I'm going to ask you. I have a general idea of where we're going to go. I can talk about the Eagles. But based upon what you give me in a conversation is how we proceed forward with that conversation. And, and when you have something that's, uh, that's intriguing for you, I want to, I, I come back on you all the time and say, okay, well, Kevin, tell me more about what's going on with, with Wentz. Tell me more about what's going on with, and, and you know, you can go through it that way. So, yeah. so from that standpoint, that's why I try and bring on as many guests as possible. Not, not, I don't want to flood my show because you want to make sure that you have some, some uh, room to breathe show. So if you say something fantastic, I go, well, that was Kevin Kincaid. I want to thank him for joining us today. Hey, listen, Kevin talked about Wentz. Are you a, are you a Wentz fan? What what is it about <laughs> Wentz that you like? I want you to let me know. We open the phone boards up. People call up, and they're they've got an educated opinion up here in Vancouver about what's going on down in Philly, thanks to a conversation that you've had. Well, right, and that adds some structure to it, you know, because we've just sort of given them a platform and talked about some ideas, and then it allows them to open up on it. I, I think the issue that I have in Philadelphia is that. You know, people probably only listen to the radio 15 or 20 minutes at a time down here. So they call up uh, at 6.15 at night. Uh, one guy makes the same point about Nick Foles that a guy at 6 o'clock made. And then a guy at 5.45 says the same thing about Nick Foles that somebody said at 5.30, you know. So when it comes to the listeners, it's not just, you know, the pacing of the show and what they add to the show. You said that you want to challenge them and, you know, give you solutions and stuff like that. So, I mean, I mean, how do you go about that? I mean, I'm sure you get some people who call up and offer some some stuff that doesn't really help. But how do you how do you educate the um, the listener base and get some more intelligent phone calls? You stop them in their tracks. I mean, I don't mean I don't I don't want to interrupt them and, and be rude about it. But you just go. I'm going to stop you right there, Kevin. I'm going to circle back and I'll let you get back on the line in one second. Yeah. But you made the point about talking about Foles and the fact that Foles is going to be a quality guy going forward for the next two years. How do you see that possible? He's only had one good year. He's only come on because of the fact that Wentz is hurt. If Wentz comes back and he's healthy, he's bad to hold in the clipboard. What do you make about that? What do you, you know, you know, provide me with a solution that's going to make that an equitable conversation as opposed to saying Foles is God because I don't buy that for one moment. So here's what happens if a soccer fan tries to call the radio in Philadelphia. This is a soccer podcast after all, so I'll try to keep it a little bit to that, you know. Um, sure. A Philadelphia Union fan will call the radio and they'll say, hey, I want to talk about, about soccer. You know, the Union had a big win in the season opener a couple weeks ago. And the producer will usually say, oh, yeah, did they win? That's nice. And then he'll say, he or she will say, well, we're not really talking about that right now. But do you have a, uh, you know, do you have a Doug Peterson point that you want to make? So what, what is the – if somebody calls uh, Sportsnet, they want to talk about the Vancouver Whitecaps, what, what, are they, what is Ainsley, your producer, what is he going to say to them on the line? a conversation about the Whitecaps. It's going to be a, and, and here's the thing, Whitecaps started off good so far. They've won two. They've, uh, they won on the road in Houston last week. They're down in, in Atlanta this weekend. So uh, the, the conversation going forward will be, can they continue the, the good start of the season and how can they do that? Is it Kai Kamara? Is it, you know, Breck Shea? Is it other guys like that? Alfonso Davies has had a great start. So we talk about those guys. So we, we position it on the show that we are going to talk Whitecaps. We, as far as it being just open line any topic, well, when we do that, generally we get hockey because we're a hockey market. Not to say we're not soccer, but 
but it's a hockey first situation. But if I say coming up next, your phone calls are welcome. What do you think Carl Robinson, the head coach of the Whitecaps, is going to do next? How's he going to set up his 11 for a game against a very feisty Atlanta crowd and a, a feisty Atlanta team? Uh, we'll get your thoughts next. What would you do? And so you put it on them, and they're going to say, "Well, I want to, I want to do a one four five or a one a one a one two four five or whatever." You know, what I mean, you're going to you're going to yeah. figure out what it is that you yeah. want to do as far as a formation is concerned. You'll say, "Okay, why does that make sense to you?" As opposed to saying, "This is what I want to do." I want to ask people why they want to do it. You know, don't just throw me out a solution. Provide me with the impetus behind the thought that you have towards that solution. So let me ask you from a business perspective, and I've always found this interesting, having having worked in television for a while here. My wife works at one of the local radio stations as well. I mean, from a business standpoint, I know that the Eagles are a slam dunk. And even at Crossing Broad, I mean, our Eagles stories do better than anything, right? We know that. So if we... Uh, if we're looking for traffic or if we uh, you know, want to hit all of our goals or whatever, it makes sense to do the Eagles, right? And I'm sure it's the same in Vancouver. The Canucks are probably going to move the, move the meter more than anything. You guys are a hockey market in Canada. Um, now, at the same time, you know, I think what happens in Philadelphia is that Union fans and Flyers fans and Phillies fans just disappear completely. They say, well, if you're not going to mention this at all, then what's the point? So, I mean, it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way because it's like, well – the Eagles are the best, and we can prove it because they get the ratings. But you, you, I guess you don't really know what you're alienating at the same time um, if you're not even going to explore having phone calls from different sports, right? You have to make sure that you're constantly cultivating all the product because you know what? The Eagles up until this year were not champions. And I know that there's been a, a long, hard road for Eagles fans out there. They're reaping that right now by being Super Bowl champions. But you have to, uh, if you want to try and maintain any kind of, of, of footing in your market, whether it be print, whether it be you know podcast, whether it be radio, you have to service all clients because, like you said, you don't know what you're going to alienate. I mean, what did we talk about last night on our show? We talked a bit about Tiger Woods. We talked a bit about the fact that they might bid on the President's Cup here in Vancouver. I mean, these are these are stories now that are going to present themselves. Uh, there was a big story uh, two days ago where the province of British Columbia, which is where I'm located in Vancouver, turned down FIFA when it came to the bid process for, yeah. for uh, 2026 because that they couldn't get any kind of fiscal certainty from the contract that was put forward. Well, these aren't con- these aren't conversations that are normally had, but I tell you, uh, we had uh, the board was lit all last night, and we had tons of people interact with us on Twitter and on and on uh, our text feeds and and on on social media. So from that standpoint, you present the argument about why would you give a blank check to a to a morally <laughs> bankruptable organization yeah. when all you when you don't know what's going to happen. So. That's the kind of conversation we had on the air last night, and we had over a thousand people chime in on social media, which is, you know, from a standpoint of a four-hour show in the middle of the night last night, it was pretty good. It was pretty good pack. So I was happy with that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, and Chicago pulled out of it too. Um, you know, I think yeah, it's in Minneapolis it, as well, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, they did. Philly, Philly was on there, by the way. I'll mention that later. Um, sure. But you know, the the interesting thing to me is that yeah, like it's saying like local radio here won't even give union fans or even flyers fans a chance, you know? So it's like, how do you know what you have in these fan bases if you're not going to entertain them at all? So to that point, what it's kind of a unique market out there. You guys have ice hockey, you guys have an MLS team, you have a Canadian football team, but there's also the Seattle pool of the American sports as well. So, I mean, where, where do the white caps rank compared to the other professional teams that you guys have in, have in town in terms of popularity? Well, it's all Canucks in this market, but at the same time, the Canucks and the Whitecaps don't really cross paths that much. In fact, the, 
the Whitecaps season, as you know from MLS, just started and the Canucks season yeah. ends probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's not bad that way. But the Whitecaps now are probably a solid two. The BC Lions, who are the Canadian Football League club that you've spoken of, uh, they've been around for 60 years, and they're a very good club. But there seems to have been a drop-off there. And, and whether it's their marketing plan or whatever the case might be, the one thing that the Whitecaps have really captured is the imagination of, one, it's an affordable ticket, but two, because it's affordable, it's a kid ticket as well. You can have kids go in there. And you know what? There are plenty of uh, soccer markets that you know about as well, especially over in the EPL or, or over in, in Europe, where you can't get kids going out there. It's a rough crowd. It's a bit of a blue-collar crowd. Well, here in British Columbia, I mean, man, you look in that crowd, and there's a lot of kids, and what you're doing with that is two things. Number one, you're exposing them to the game, and number two, you're setting the grassroots up for the future. These guys might be future Alfonso Davies. They might be future anything else, but they also are going to be future fans if you do it properly. And uh, they've done a very good job of being calculated here, the Whitecaps have, about not opening up their entire building. BC Place holds 50,000 people if they hold the building open. They've never opened up the upper deck. They've always kept the lower deck full only, and they now get a steady 28,000 people at that building, which is what you're looking for. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And, you know, sometimes I think that the union are just far down on the pecking order in a, in a large American city that has really popular, you know, quote unquote, the four major North American sports, you know. But when union fans complain to me, they say, why can't we get anything on the radio? Why can't we get any media? I always say to them. You know, it's not just us. It's not just soccer fans in Philadelphia. Like, we can't get Flyers talk. We don't get a lot of Phillies talk. We don't get, you know, and that was even the case when the Eagles were terrible. So this isn't just something that's unique to the, the Super Bowl or anything. But um, to that end, you know, like a lot of the guys that you listen to on our radio stations, like we have a couple former football players, you know, former Eagles and stuff like that. And it's great because I love hearing Ike Reese tell me the difference between uh, two gap and a 4-3 versus one gap and a 3-4 and how the big fat nose tackle is going to block two, you know, occupy three guys at the same time but at the same time it feels like you know then I, I don't that guy doesn't know jack shit about baseball you know and I think one of the reasons that I appreciate what you guys do in Canada is because you seem prepared with every sport and it seems like you study every sport I mean philosophically um you know how much prep do you, do, goes into that and how much do you have to know about a lot of different things and, and would I if I listen to more Canadian radio would I come across former ice hockey players on the airwaves well you do in certain situations um, I mean, here's the thing. Well, we're, we're the home of the Canucks, as mentioned, Sportsnet 650. So we have a, a noon show from noon to one called Canucks Central at Noon. So yeah. uh, one, of the, one of the hosts on that show is Alex Hall, the former goaltender. One of our, our color analysts for the, for the games is Corey Hirsch, former goaltender. And, and you know, it's, you're going to have that, the, the, the hockey aspect of things when you're doing the hockey broadcast. But to your first point about preparation, uh, when I prep my show, I do an hour of prep for each hour of show that I do because you just don't know everything about every sport. You and I have a conversation about about the Sixers or we have a conversation about the Eagles or whatever the case might be. All have done my homework. And, and, and more to that, if I'm going to have a conversation with you, how can I articulate anything from our market if I don't know what you're talking about? I mean, I have to have a, a, at least a clue about what it is that you're talking about. So my prep... I mean, I've got a show tonight at 7 o'clock. It's uh, currently 8.45 here in, in, in Vancouver, and, and I hope that doesn't mess up your podcast. But <laughs> from, that, from that standpoint, I, I now have about, you know, I'm going to probably spend about three, four hours getting my show ready. So when I get in there, I'll get there for about 4 or 5 o'clock, do two more hours of prep when I get there in case something breaks 
whatever the case might be, because you have to cover breaking news as well. And and at seven o'clock, you, you you harness it down for four hours and you go. And and every time you do a segment, we do a twenty minute segment at a time. Every time you do a segment, you might have to switch the gears and do it in a different direction. And and if I have at least an idea of what I've been prepping on all day, then I can go in that direction. You don't want to sound uninformed when you're on the air. And if you don't know, you say, you know what, great question. Let me get back to you on that. And either myself or Ainsley will dig that information up. But when you start to BS your listeners, that's when you lose them. So you have to do a lot of prep. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, I should have mentioned that, obviously, if you guys are the rights holders to the Canucks and 94 WIP is the rights holder to the Eagles in, in Philadelphia, obviously it's going to be heavily, you know, the content's going to be heavily aimed towards those two teams. Um, but at the same time, it's nice to know that there are other topics on there. Um, last one for you, Dave. Ainsley, you mentioned, um, who produces the show. What's what's sort of the data? You mentioned the prep and how much time you put into it and how your day goes, but how do you work with the producer and how do you guys produce the show? The reason I ask is because I feel like a lot of stuff in Philadelphia, and I felt like this was the case in television too, uh, a lot of it seems like it's sort of underproduced, like, well, we just sort of have this topic and we have that topic and we're going to take a bunch of viewer phone calls or listener phone calls and stuff like that. Um, but how much would you say you work with him or any producer and kind of like saying, hey, 7 o'clock we want this, 8 o'clock we want to hit this, 9 o'clock we want to hit this. How much time do you guys put into that? throughout the week so if I know I'm going to be on with Ainsley and I do a weekend show as well from one to five and so um if, if I'm not working during the week if we got a Canucks game I'll, I'll defer to one to five on the weekend so the one to five show I produce myself I have a board operator but I, I I'll book my guests and, and you've been on the one to five as well and that we're we're all call you and I'll set up the interviews and I'll go the way I want to pace the show and then when I see my board up when I get in I'll lay the show out for him so it's it's bulletproof and 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 that's what you have to do. But with with an Ainsley, with a guy like that, where you can talk to him about what you're looking for, uh, he knows what the tenor of the show is. We're looking to to book two things: one, informative guests, but two, smart guests. That's what I'm looking for. I want people that are going to come on the air and provide me with information, but also have the wherewithal to answer a bloody question. You know, if they if they if they can't figure out. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want them on there. I want guys on there that are going to be on there. And, and you know what? I have a 20-minute segment, and I've had no issue blowing guys out after three, four minutes if I haven't heard them before, and they don't sound that great. Great talking to you, Kevin. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for your time this evening. Okay, great. <laughs> we, we'll, you know what? We'll shift gears for 15 minutes in a different direction because yeah, yeah. it just simply wasn't good enough radio. And that's, that's the mark you have to have. So when Ainsley and I talk about who we're going to book, we, we value – the guests that we have on a regular basis that are good because we know that provides good radio and the ones that we, you know, the ones that we can't get and we don't have a good quality issue on, we, we don't book them again simply because we just, you know, we have to trust the process and we also have a standard that we want to meet for our listeners and that's important to us. That's great stuff, Dave. Thanks for jumping on. We appreciate your time. Again, Dave Sheldon from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at Dave Sheldon 650. Uh, like I said, we have a lot of frustrated soccer fans in Philadelphia who would just love to hear anything uh, on the radio or any media at all. So that sheds a lot of light uh, on the subject and how you guys do things up there. I love Canadian radio. I love your guys' format. Uh, and I listen in Philadelphia from about 3,000, what is it, 3,500 3, miles away. So uh, thanks again for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully uh, you have a good show tonight and uh, tomorrow and whenever. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. All right, we'll do it again, man. All right, let's take your questions, your comments, and your concerns. 
uh, and we'll get to I think the news items like the CJ Sapong contract and stuff like that as as I go through these here. Um, is this year's payroll? This is from Alex Armstrong. Is this year's payroll below last year's? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to wait until the numbers come out from the players' union. Um, but I guess it also depends on how much they're paying. You know, Dosh Call and I think Akam is probably just going to be a straight swap for Marisa Du. So I don't think there's any change there. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see when those numbers come out. Uh, Coach English says if CJ goes down injured, will the union finally be forced to change things? Uh, in, in what sense? You, you mean like a change in the the shape or the formation of the philosophy? If that's the case, I say no, um, because number one, Jim doesn't do that ever. And number two, now they have a guy in Corey Burke coming off the bench who basically is, is a younger CJ who plays the way he does and who has the – uh, the physique and the athleticism that CJ does. Um, you know, the only reason you have Jay Simpson uh, second on the depth chart, if you even want to believe that, is just because you're stuck with his salary, you know. Um, but as far as going like for like with somebody replacing CJ off the bench, now they have that in Corey Burke. He's essentially the same guy. Um, Z is binary. Uh, are they still a 47-ish point team? <laughs> I had him at, I'm getting the notes like right here. Dave had him at 47, didn't he? I thought I had him at like 43 points. I thought I said 12, 13, and 9. I'm going to stay to 12, 13, and 9 right now. I'm not going to make any uh, – I'm not going to recalibrate like Eagles fans want to after one game. Uh, Tallahassee Union says, with the arrival of the check, the 10 spot is suddenly overcrowded. How do Jim and Ernie manage Fontana and Najem's development? Is one headed to Bethlehem? Does one uh, – be, does one because the designed USOC 10 – Oh, does one become the designed, uh, the designated U.S.? This is probably some autocorrect going on here. Does one become the designated Open Cup number 10, I think is what we're saying here. Um, hashtag tally beer rocks. Yes, it does. It very much does. Uh, e, well, I I think, see, it's strange because Najim has more experience, but Fontana got the start in the season opener. So are you putting Najim back with Bethlehem Steel? I mean, you probably have to. Because uh, if you think the Dosh call is going to be the guy, uh, whether he's starting Saturday or or not, um, him and Fontana look like the one or two right now. So you're not going to carry all three of them on the game day roster. Uh, so I think to answer the question, I think Najim would probably be the guy. And then Fontana, for his development, I think you would probably make him the U.S. Open Cup guy for sure. Uh, you know, in the first two rounds, maybe even beyond that if they get there, I think that's how you have to go. Because you got to get him minutes no matter what. Uh, Justin Friedberg says, is Burke going to be a regular super sub or can he show enough to nab a starting spot? I mean, I think he can sh- show enough, I'm sure, yeah. But remember, I mean, Pico is suspended. He's a starter. Dashkal wasn't ready, and he's a starter. So where are you going to put him? I mean, you going to start him on the right wing. Is Pico going to sit on the bench? I mean, would you have Burke over Herbers at this point? A lot of people are really high on him. But again, I'm not, I'm not – it's just one game. Like, let's slow it down. They played a shitty team. Actually, a team that came back and won the next week, so go figure. Um but I, I just, we just need more of a sample size before anything there. I liked what I saw from Corey so far. Michael Stewart says, what is Burke's position now at this team? What should it be? Well, like I said, I mean, I think he's a straight swap for CJ as the number two striker off the bench. Look, if I asked you, would you rather have Jay Simpson off the bench or would you rather have Corey Burke off the bench, assuming the union are going to play the same shape, four two three one with a blown striker, I mean, you're going to say Burke, right? Just because Simpson just does not fit what they're trying to do. Mike, our guy Mike, says uh, – with Fafa bench for a second game, who matches up best against the crew uh, to play on the wing this weekend? Well, who's their left back? It's not a Bubakar anymore. It's that new guy, uh, Valenzuela, I want to say. Is that what his name is? Um, uh, 
I don't think it matters what the matchup is necessarily. I think Jim will probably go with Herbers again. But the thing with Burke is that when he comes off the bench, it's such a change of pace. You know, remember, you're running at tired guys, too. And CJ, when he goes to the wing, it was sort of the same thing. You're not really ready for this big six foot four guy barreling down the pike at you. You know, so I don't know if Corey's going to do what he's going to do, if he's going to have the same success when he's in a starting position you know is he going to get gassed eventually you know is that is a fresh left back going to understand his game and be able to contain him it's a lot different when you see that guy coming off the bench at you um so I don't know I, I guess it'll be Herbers again unless Jim rolls the dice with, with Corey but um again I'd rather have Bedoya over there you know I'd rather go Bedoya on the right with Derek Jones playing in the midfield but that's just my opinion uh, Brian says, is this the best union team we've seen in years or merely just average? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, it's just one game in, uh, you know, the 2011 union team was probably the best team that's ever been out there. You know, they finished with the most points. Um, but the 2016 team had a lot of talent too. Uh, the 2013 team had them had more wins than all of them. So go figure. I don't, I honestly, to answer the question, I don't think we've ever seen a best union team. They've all been pretty pedestrian in the grand scheme of things. Andy B says, how much playing time does Derek Jones get this year? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Like I said, if you put Bedoya on the right, it gives Derek Jones a starting spot. Then you have Jones and Austin Trusty as two homegrowns who are in your starting 11 every week. And I think that serves the play your kids narrative extremely well. You know, otherwise, I don't know. I mean, they still have Creval on the bench and, and what, you know? Uh, it's it's if he's going to be a defensive sub like a close out the game kind of guy, I just don't really know if that's what you want. If that's what you want, you know, I like him a lot better in that eight role, um, playing next to Madunian in you know, and again in that Tony Chani role. If you think of Jones as Chani and uh, Harris Madunian as Will Trap, you know, go back to Columbus from a couple of years ago. Those skill sets I think work really well together. You know, advanced destroyer, uh, Doopy Brothers. Are you going to the game Saturday? No, I'm not. Baxter, give it a rest, man. Hey. Relax. You just saw a squirrel or something. Uh, no, I'm not. What am I doing on Saturday? I have something else going on Saturday. Um, I got to get through the Sixers season, and then I'll come down to a game. Um, Zach says, uh, what type of beer is the union and why? <laughs> what type of beer is the union and why? Pros and cons. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, let me think. Where have I been lately or what have I drank lately? I'm going to say they're yards. I'll say the union is yards. You know why? Because yards is like, it's it's there. It's it's like good, but it's not amazing. Like it's sort of like I know what I'm getting with yards. <laughs> you know, like if I had my choice of beer and I looked at the menu, and yards was on there, um, but Breckenridge was on there, I'm definitely getting Breckenridge. Um, even though I know I can always fall back on yards if I really need to. So I think the union are, are that, you know, they're always sort of there if I want to watch a game or if we, uh, you know, need something to watch in the summer, but it's not really, I don't think as far as soccer goes, it would be your first, your first real choice at anything. Would it, um, Kevin says, how many boxes does the podcast check? Uh, it checks all of them. We check all the boxes here. Jack says, uh, if the young backline stays healthy, can we make a run into the playoffs? Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's not whether they stay healthy or not. It's whether they're good or not. I mean, we don't really know. You know, they played well enough against a team that uh, was had 10 men for 60-some minutes the other night. Uh, Eric Asseltine says, um, which defender does Bethlehem Steel get stuck with this year, Yarrow or Richie? Um, it seems like Trusty locked up a starting role for now, yes. Uh, Derek Jones and Epps back to Steel in a crowded midfield. 
I mean, it looks like Josh Yarrow because Richie Marquez was on the bench in the season opener. So, yeah, I mean, Josh is your fourth center back at this point. I think to keep him fresh and keep him with the minutes, and you play him with Steele, absolutely. Uh, you know, isn't it ironic that Austin Trusty was playing with Steele last year? Now it looks like Josh Yarrow would be lined up to go there, you know. Um, Derek Jones and Epps back to Steele. Yeah, Marcus should – would I, I would start Marcus with Steele, absolutely. Um, Derek Jones, I guess. But, again, that's that's a backward step in his development too. Um Speaking of backward steps, Baxter just backed over the microphone right here. All right, just stay there, buddy, all right? Anthony says, over or under on uh, Borak's assist and goal count, uh, 12 assists and four goals. Uh, I'll go uh, – God, those are tough numbers. I'll go under. I'll go under on the assists. Let's say he gets like 10 or 11 because Harris had 12 last year and uh, Maidana had 15 at one point. But But – Barnetta never really had a ton, you know. Um, I think he only had four or five the the really good season, the 2016 season, and four goals. I'll say exactly four goals. I say Dashkal goes for like four, like four or five goals and like ten or eleven assists. John Harris is. It's always soccer in Philadelphia coming under the crossing broad umbrella. Uh, if so, who owns the intellectual property and what's the relationship? Yeah, and uh, you know, if this was a typical podcast with Dave, I would have made an announcement about this. But yeah, we are gonna wrap ourselves into um, the new crossing broad uh, podcast network. Basically, what we're doing is there's a crossing broadcast is the main show that Crossing Broad does, and uh, so we've there's a lot of guys who are involved with the site now who have different interests or whatnot and kind of wanted to do like, you know, a little spinoff podcast about the Phillies and the Flyers and stuff like that. So we said, why don't we just make it one big thing and, and wrap everybody's thing into one kind of central location or central area where we can put all of them together. And they said, Kevin, you've been doing soccer for like two, two years now. Do you want to just make yours part of ours? So yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't change anything at all, really. I mean, it's still going to be me and Dave. We're still going to try to do it as, as frequently as we are. I try to do like one a week. Um, format's not going to change the images aren't going to change he's going to be here Baxter's going to be it's going to be the same shit but um basically we're just grouping them all all together you know and and maybe that brings in some new people to to listen to the show you know if they're crossing broad people who might be interested in in soccer as well the thing that matters the most is that uh Russ and Phil from crossing broad are going to start doing um a, a podcast for European soccer and Champions League and national team and stuff like that. It's going to be called Crossing Broad FC. And I'm going to hop on and do that with them every so often. So if you want to hear about Manchester City and Liverpool and Messi and Ronaldo and who's better and all that kinds of shit, um, there'll be an option for that too. So it's basically just like, it's basically like we're streamlining everything. But for our purposes, nothing's really going to change. Uh, I own the intellectual property, <laughs> I think. So um, Drew Long says, thoughts on CJ calling for a dynasty? It feels like the wrong word um, since you have to win something first. I like where his head is at, though. Yeah, so CJ with a new contract, they extended him. They gave him uh, another year next year with an option year for 2020. So, I mean, really, when you think about it, it's, it's kind of his contract was set to expire at the end of this year. So they gave him a, a deal for 2019 with a one year uh, team option. So. I mean, really, you're just extending him for one year. I, I don't. I I said on on Twitter on Monday, I was like, I, I don't really understand the point of extending a guy or giving a guy a new contract one game into the season. Um, I know they trust CJ, and you know he had 16 goals this year, and he was phenomenal, and he deserves it. I mean, let's be honest. I think he deserves more than what he's being paid, 300,000. You know, for 60. I mean, at his seven goals, his nine goals, or whatever. Yeah, but after a breakout season, I mean, you he he should be more in the 400, 500 range. Um, but you never know what happens. I mean, he could go out tomorrow. He could go out Saturday and break his leg. 
you know, God forbid. I, I'm, I'm just saying it seems you show awfully lot of trust um, in a guy when you give him that kind of uh, deal. And, uh, you know, what? basically think of it this way. If you were going to – if you were going to – have Alshon Jeffrey was here for the Eagles on a one-year prove-it deal, prove-it contract, <laughs> you know. Um, imagine they gave him his new contract like like half a game into it because they only play 16 games in the NFL, right? So the same sample size for like a 30-whatever union, 30-game um, union season would be like a half of a – would be like, you know, a half of an NFL game. So <laughs> it's just it's just a lot to say like, all right, we're going to give you this, definitely, because you, you never really – I mean, you never really know what's going to happen. Um, but I mean, ideally CJ plays again next year. And then if he doesn't really perform, then you got Corey, I guess, waiting in the wings and you shed yourself of the J of the Jay Simpson contract at the same time. So you have flex when CJ's, you know, 2019 years up. So, but he's going to be 30. I, I don't know. I don't know how much CJ has left. He just seems like he's just hitting his prime now, but, um, you know, his body's taking a battering and, and I know when I played, I mean, I wasn't playing in MLS obviously, but I felt like changes in my body started happening at 29, 30. Like even just playing Casa League and um, you know running ninety minutes and then trying to play midweek at the same time too. Like I noticed, it took me a little longer to recover. Um, I was more sore, I think, after games. That happened from like twenty nine thirty to thirty one. I think a lot of people would tell you the same thing. So, so I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see how he does this year. But as far as him saying dynasty, yeah, I mean, I think he just meant to say like he meant to say like you know a uh, um, like a you know, keeping this team together. Like, like we're, we're building something here. We're putting, like, a core of people together. We're building, like, a culture here. Dynasty is not the right word, but I, under, I understood what he was trying to say, right, because they haven't won anything ever. This is not the New England Patriots. So, John says, is this the first or second game of the season? I feel like they played a game already, but it's been so long that I'm doubting my memory. No, it's the second game. And they don't play again for another two weeks. What the fuck is that all about? It's, like, hard to gain momentum and gain traction here. Like, ironically, I'm, I'm sitting here doing a podcast about why nobody talks about the union on local radio, and then, but we only have three games in a month. So what the hell, you know? Uh, Joe says, will Latou sign a one-day contract to retire with the union, or is there still bad blood after having been traded multiple times? No, I think he'll do it, and he should do it, but it'll probably be after Ernie leaves, right? What's the point now? Nick says, did the union go after striker next offseason or is Sapong the guy for 2019-2020? Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you're going to be out from under Simpson next year. Uh, but it depends. I think it depends what happens with Burke this year, honestly. Um, Rich says, is CJ Sapong a top 100 striker in the world? No. The answer is no. Uh, a Carp says, how ridiculous is it that the union have another bye week after tomorrow? It's ridiculous. I just mentioned that. It's like, I mean, come on, what the hell? So I'm going to have Dave on next week. I, I kind of I messed up the schedule of the show, too, because Joe was on last week, and we did the show wrapping that up. And then I'm like, okay, well, we don't have another – like, I forgot there wasn't another, there wasn't another game because Seattle got rescheduled. So I'll get Dave back on next week, and we'll recap the Columbus game, and then I'll have another guest on the week after that, I guess. Uh, George says, is Borak starting or is he off the bench? I mean, I'd start him. I mean, what the hell? That's what you brought him here for. Um, and nothing against Anthony Fontana. I mean, I thought he played a really nice game the other day. Um, but, like, anybody could have finished the goal that he finished. Um, I wouldn't judge him on that. Uh, you know, I think he did some nice things, uh, turning and driving with the ball, tried to play a through ball, got himself into good spots, and that's a skill in, in and of itself. But um, you, you signed Doshkoff for a reason. You know, this whole number 10 search. Uh, does not end with, oh, well, the 20-year-old kid was the guy the whole time, you know, or however old he is. So, all right, it looks like that's all the questions for today. Thanks again to Dave Sheldon um, for jumping on. I really like Dave's show on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, and hopefully you learned something from uh, 
from his interview and how they do things a little bit differently in other parts of the world uh, and why our radio uh, is what it is, as you very well know. But that's why you're listening to this podcast in the first place, because if they ain't going to talk about it, we will. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. Kevin and Baxter on Friday afternoon. Thanks, everybody.